It is Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends at Shady Rays. For not only the best looking shades, but the ones that will get replaced if you break them or if you lose them, go log on to ShadyRays.com. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well today. Plouffe, how are you? I'm doing well, C. Rose. Um, it's always nice to wake up, get ready, and then come talk some ball with you guys. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff happening. You know, yesterday we had a, a jam-packed show. Today we got a jam-packed show. Baseball's hot in the streets. It's the only sport on right now. Yep. And you know what that means? We get to talk we a lot about, about it. We talk about it more and more. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. It's a ton of fun. And let's start before we dig into our five topics on the YouTube and the podcast format. And thanks to those of you that are joining us live on the AMP app, which you can download on your iPhone and join us live every day at 1130 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. The good stories in baseball. It's the guys who have the grind for years in the minors and they finally make it. And the latest example of that last night made his debut in St. Louis for the Cardinals, a guy who grew up in Charleston, Missouri, small town, huge Cardinals fan, James Nail, uh, 29 years old, finally made it to the show, had a scoreless inning against the Miami Marlins, his family. He's, I think he said he had 200 family members and friends on hand for this thing. And just said, I, Afterward, he was so raw. He was like, I cannot believe this actually happened to me. Like, I have I have posters of Wayno and Yachty <laughs> on my wall growing up. And today I'm teammates with them. Like, I cannot believe it. Yeah, I, I loved it. And, you know, watching the post-game interview with him, he was trying to play it cool a little bit. And then, you know, I think the moment he, he decided just to, like, kind of, like, let it happen. Mm-hmm. And he even said – when he was out on the mound, a lot of people told him, eyes down, don't look up. He's like, you know what? Screw that. I looked up and, and tried to soak it all up. Um, and then he did introduce me to a phrase I'm happy about. He said, this is a dream for a small town Missouri boy to come play for the birds on the bat. Yeah. I'm going to start calling the Cardinals that. That's it. Yeah. Cardinals out, birds on the bat in. Uh, but that was a special moment last night. We get a handful of these a year, and it's great when whenever you make your debut. I don't care if you're 19 like Bryce Harper was or if you're 29 like James Neal. It doesn't matter. It's, it's special for both those groups. But there is something additional to the story when you have to grind and you're almost 30 years old. I mean, you know this, Ploof. Most guys, if they don't make it by 26 or 27, they're thinking about what is the next step in life. Absolutely. I mean, you play for that long and we all know that minor leaguers not making a lot of money. So it's, it's a grind and you're wondering to yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And then to get a call like this and to, and to pitch, you know, in front of, like you said, 200 people um, for your hometown team, I would say you asked him it's worth it. Hell yes. All right. Tip of the cap to you, sir. Job well done. Hopefully we get to see you out on the bump again in the near future. So we move from the love of baseball to the fight of baseball. We talked about this yesterday. We said, you know, penalties were forthcoming. They came out hours later, a dozen players and coaches in the angels Mariners brawl were suspended. The most severely punished Phil Nevin, who got 10 games, Jesse Winker, who got seven. I'm not going to read the entire list. Anything surprise you about the uh, baseball judiciary systems ruling? There was a couple of things, you know, uh, number one, you kind of are happy for all the guys that were like in the bottom of the scrum that just didn't get identified. You're like, okay, this is great. (laughs) I'm scot-free here. Uh, Number two, I hope um, Andrew wants, I hope they're paying for his 
fine, whatever he's going to get fine because he was ordered to do that. And as like a young guy, you have to do whatever you're told. Basically. I think the thing that stuck out to me most was Jesse Winker gets seven games, right? Yes. He's the one that got hit. Wasn't really saying much then, you know, get some chirping from the angels. He does go over there. So I understand, you know, he's going to get fined and suspended, but Rendon starts the contact. He gets five games. He shouldn't even have been on the field. He's on the IL. That's you're not supposed to be doing that. Right. And then Tapera is the one that really threw like the first like punch punch. And he only gets three games. Crawford gets more games for defending his teammate from getting punched. I, that's kind of the one thing for me. Like if you're going to get, if you're going to throw the first punch, you're probably should be suspended for at least the same amount of games as Winker. Uh, but it didn't happen, I guess, because Winker got a few good licks on him every, for every punch that Winker got that little lefty jabs that he was getting in. I think they took a day off of Tapera, maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, a lot of coaches for the Angels got suspended, too. This yeah. is, they're going to have to do this. I was reading. They can't just serve it all at the same time they because they don't have any coaches. Yeah, they have to stagger. Um, you know, nothing really surprised me. Let's start with Phil Nevin. I called for it yesterday. I said, I think the Angels have to be severely punished because of. Do you think they saw this show or like, damn, C. Rose is right? Because I really didn't think about that until you were saying it. No, they definitely didn't. They didn't. They didn't listen to me when I was on their network. Why would they (laughs) listen now that I'm not? So that's true. um, There were a couple of times I got called in the office for shit I said, by the way, about Major League Baseball, you know. It's one of the many reasons I love being here is that you do have freedom of speech. You, you don't feel like you're being run by state, state-run television. Um, and that's important. You know, it is freeing. There's no question. Uh, but, yeah, I, I firmly believed it. And some people were like, well, Rose, you're just saying that for clicks. I, I didn't just say it for clicks. I firmly believed it, that when the Angels made the move Sunday morning to put Wants in there as the opener, it's one thing if you announce them, hey, Saturday night or whatever. Uh, hey, we're going with an opener tomorrow. We want to give him Suarez a, you know, we like him better innings two through six. It's, I still would have gone like, hmm. But when you do it literally right before the game, something's up. Something's up. I don't, not only that, uh, you know, everybody go watch Jimmy's breakdown of it. But yes. provi- he provided context for that. Mm-hmm. And after the game on Saturday night, Nevin stood there. And was saying, we don't forget that. We're not going to forget that. And pointing you, at his head. You, you yeah. I, listen, I don't know Phil Nevin that well. I've met him a handful of times. I've interviewed him a couple of times. That was some bullshit. I just didn't like it. I, I didn't, I don't like, if you are the guy in charge, you're pointing at your head. Like we're going to go through. I think he was pointing saying like, you went up top to trout. You don't do that. I think he was saying that. I don't, you think, don't he think he was saying, talking to, to your head. He's you saying don't think he was don't... talking to Julio Rodriguez or somebody. No, I think he was saying like, okay. you guys came up here. You can't do that. I think so. The, I don't think he was saying we're going to come at your head, but I mean, obviously he was saying, we don't forget. That means you're going to retaliate. I mean, you're right. They should have announced the opener that night instead of waiting to the morning. Uh, Nevin to me, I mean, I don't really know him either. It seemed, he's just like, I've been around a lot of guys like that. He's an old school baseball guy. Yeah. And like, I think there's no room for this in the game anymore, but this is how the game has been played for a long time, policing it yourself. And, you know, I think stuff like this happens. And, you know, you said yesterday, is it good for baseball? We, I don't know what I said. I might've said yes, because it's entertaining. I think you did. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good it is for baseball. When no one gets hurt and are seriously injured, I think, you know, we can say, you know, at least we're talking about it. Fans are talking about it. 
So in maybe one way it could be good for baseball, but I don't like hitters getting thrown at. I just don't like it because it can end careers. It can take, it could make you go from being tender to non-tender. I really felt like I got hit in the ribs, not on purpose in 2016, missed a bunch of time. I got non-tendered because of that. I ended up getting hurt some other ways um, off of that as well. So like th there are some things that can happen when you start throwing it guys. So I, I, I don't like it. Um, but like I said, you know, we have a lot of old school baseball still in the game. So I just think is, it's this old, is going to happen. I got to be honest with you. I think it's old baseball. I don't think we've, we've made progress in this area enough. And, and when I worked at MLB network, the only thing, the only uh, explanation I could get from the guys who played in the game, who I respect and a lot of my call friends, the only answer they would give me is, well, that's how I was taught. Exactly. And that's not good enough as a society. It just isn't. If you stop learning because you say, well, that's how I was told to do it. If you don't question it at some point, you're doomed to repeat it. And it's not the best way to do things. Uh, by the way, I'll apologize to Phil Nevin. If you, I, I agree with you now. I thought he was probably pointing at a Mariners player's head saying, we're going to come get you. That's my fault. I'm wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Should have thought that through better. Uh, let's move on. Cards end up last in the Marlins. Opener of the series. They sit just a half game back of the Brewers in the Central. But I think maybe the bigger news that happened, Jack Flaherty got put back on the injured list, came out after two in, uh, innings on Sunday, still has that shoulder issue, dealing with some stiffness. He says, I will be back at some point this year. Count on it. If you're the Cardinals, though, can you stick around and wait for him, or do you have to go make a move? I think if you look at their roster, specifically the pitchers, I, I don't think you have to go out there and, and go after one of the starters on the market. You have four guys right now in your rotation that are having good years. Pallante, Michaelis, Hudson, and Wainwright. That's four is a lot of four good starting pitchers. That's a lot. Okay. Then mm -hmm. you have Libertor in the minor leagues. Like, you know, he started, he hasn't started. He hasn't been in the big league since uh, June 14th. So like a couple of weeks down in the minor leagues, but like you can bring him up. I think they're totally fine on that aspect of the ball. Uh, with Flaherty, yeah, you hope he comes back this year. I've been talking to him. He says he he came out. Uh, it was preventative. Just felt a little stiff. And I think what happens, like he was supposed to make four rehab starts. Okay, he's working his way back. He had the PRP injection. Um, you can go down to the minor leagues and you can feel good, but the intensity is just not there yet. Even in a minor, even in a game, in a minor league game, it's just not. You're not going to be as intense. Uh, as when you get to the big leagues, it's just bottom line. So, you know, he felt good those two games and said, you know what, bring me up. I'm ready to go. And that's, that's nice to hear. If you're a front office, like this guy's ready early, like, let's bring him up. Um, but then when he got out there, I think that, that was the problem. Just a little bit of the intensity got to him and uh, maybe he wasn't hundred percent ready to come off. So um, I think he'll be okay. I mean, that's what he's telling me. But I'd, to answer your question, Chris, I don't think they need to go make a move for a starter. I mean, they could they could use maybe another bullpen arm, but that's a pretty complete roster as is right now. Obviously, right. you want Jack out there, um, but there's no like pressing need to go out and get a starter, in my opinion. Well, I think a lot of that depends on the health of Steven Matz, and he's supposed to be back shortly. But he has not pitched well, even when he's been healthy this year. Yeah, uh, Dakota Hudson, I gotta, I kind of, I'm not gonna ding you on it. I'm just. 50 50 on him he still walks way too many guys way too many guys for my liking and in big time series in september and if they make it to october that's rough so if he's your four i know, know but like, at some point look around the league at all the fours it's okay but the 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 
the odds of the central division being one of the top two seeds isn't great at this point. I just don't feel like that team will be better than either the Mets or the Dodgers, who I think are Mm going to win their respective divisions, which means you have to play a wild card round. Then you need more starting pitching to line up in in a round against one of those teams. Okay. If you advance. It's okay. It's not great. Yeah. I, I still would make a play for somebody who, who won't cost you much um, unless you want to get somebody who's, you know, one of these guys that we've talked about, a Castillo, a Montas, a Chad Cool, who we'll get to. I was just going to say, what about our boy we're about to talk yeah, about? I, I don't think they go after a marquee name like that. I don't think it's they fun. want to give up. I don't, I mean. I'm with you. I don't think so either. There is one other interesting point about the Cardinals. As I listened to John Mosaloc yesterday, and I hate to say this because I do think that I think there's some issue brewing between the Cardinals front office and Jack Flaherty. And I felt like there's been some tension there for a while. Um, I hope it ends. Okay. I like Jack a lot. I love him when he's great. It, it hasn't been there for about three years with him because of health. And I want mm-hmm. him to just get back to who he is. So the Cardinals have a tough decision to make about him. That's a Cardinals problem. I'll tell you that much. I know Jack very well. Very good kid. Works his butt off. Yeah. There are some injuries you just can't avoid. I mean, that's just uh, nature of the game. If there is any problem between them, it's not with Jack. I promise that. Yeah, but you would agree that it feels like there's something. Did you listen to Mosaic yesterday or no? Some of the quotes, you know, he was saying, you know, maybe we should just not listen. Basically said maybe we shouldn't listen to Jack and just stuck to our original plan. But here's the thing. Like, you don't – if you – if they tell you go on a rehab assignment, you can flat out say no. Right. As a, we have to get that out there as a big leaguer, you determine what your course of action is. That's and, your right as a player. And every single year, the trainers will sit down. So, you know, your body better than we do. So you have to communicate with us. There has to be open lines of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. Like, I understand, like you want your pitcher ready, like saying, I want to come back. Okay. That's the training staff's job. If they say we, we have four games, we want you to go start. They have to convince you to stay down for those four games. You should never want your player or your pitcher to be like, yeah, yeah you know what? Give me some more time. Give me some more time. Unless they feel like they need it. If they feel like mm-hmm. they're ready to go, you want them telling you they're ready right. to go. And then if you really want to stick to your plan, you need to convince them. I, I just, I don't think this could be on Jack at all. No, I, I'm not saying it is at all. Yeah. I, it just feels like there's a little bit of a relationship. Yeah, Although Jack the, did I mean, come out I, I and could say. See that. Jack did come out and say he's always been appreciative of what the Cardinals and the training staff has done. He has said that publicly several times. All right, let's move on to Chad Cool, name I just mentioned. Uh, complete game, three-hit shutout against the Dodgers in Colorado. When a shutout happens at Coors Field, should we be more in awe of a pitcher if he goes the distance and puts up a goose egg? Yeah, I think so. I don't have all the numbers in front of me. So I went and I went and looked up how many shutouts have been thrown at Coors Field. So individual shutouts, 27. 27. Since 1993. So you're, you're talking about less than one a year. 95 at Coors Field. 95. So even better. Less than one a year. So yeah, I mean, obviously there are, you know, that's a difficult place to pitch. We all know that. And and cool himself, you know, he hasn't been like a a guy to go like long in the game. He's a reliever for the Pirates last year. This year, right. as long as he's been a seven and a third. Um, hasn't pitched past seven innings besides that. Uh, but last last night he did it and did it in quick fashion. I think he had 87 pitches going into the ninth inning, if I'm not uh, mistaken. So 
uh, you tip your cap. And afterwards, he also had some really cool things to say, uh, talk about his parents. He's like, you know, I'm kind of a nervous wreck here as I'm walking around. I know my parents are living and dying with every single pitch. I always think it's really cool when uh, people after like a great performance like that, they think about the people watching them. That's great perspective. A lot of times I would get lost, you know, in my own little baseball world. But like I when you really sit back and think like my parents are watching every single game. So like, it's cool to, they're living it with you. And it's cool to mention them after something like that. I like chat a lot. I can only imagine Brady pitched to two innings yesterday at this Stanford cap camp we're at. And he was great. And everybody's like, Oh, are you nervous? I'm like, no, because at the end of the day, whether he gives up two homers or gets all six kids out, which he did by the way, then nice. yeah, then whatever it's, you just want to be there to support him. And I imagine that doesn't change as a big leaguer. Like uh, Giolito has told us countless times, his dad cannot sit down yeah. when he's pitching. He has to walk around the stadium if he's there in person, cannot sit in a seat. And for the no hitter that he threw, his dad didn't watch. He, he went on. A I remember walk. that actually. They were talking about that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's something special. Like, you know, I watch Teddy play and, you know, I'm, coaching the team so i have to worry about the other kids too but you know even if he's going to a camp right now i'm like hey man you ready to go like you just you just want them to succeed and have fun doing it and i don't know man yeah it's great uh one other thing about cool he became the first individual to throw a shutout against the dodgers since oh i know this one you can say it 2016 steven wright the knuckleballer that's yeah, right not the comedian Stephen Wright. I rake Stephen Wright. Stephen, if you're watching, sorry, bro, but I raked you. Uh, that's amazing that it's been six years since an individual threw a no hitter against the. Dodgers. We need more knuckleballers, bro. We need more knuckleballers the in the game. Did you hit? Did you ever mess around with a knuckleball? No. Ernie I mean, Clement I've thrown it, obviously, but position player for the Guardians last night, he had to come in and pitch in mop up duty that. when the Twins took it to him through a knuckleball. Then posted his scouting report on Twitter afterward. It was very funny. I saw that. I think I mentioned this before on this show. Maybe it was on Talking Baseball, but the Rays used to have a knuckleballer at every single level. And their, yeah, you've their thought it. process was it not only did it mess you up for that night, but it messed you up for the, the day after. But then that just went away. I don't know if the data was like flawed or what, but I mean, all right, Dick, you want to Cy Young? I don't know. Yeah. I'm all for knuckleballers. I like he diversity. was a little he was a little different though. He threw like harder than a typical knuckleballer. Okay, Carlos Santana and more than four million bucks traded from Kansas City to Seattle yesterday for a pair of pitchers. Do anything for you? I, I liked it. They're <laughs> I like that they're trying to supplement their roster. Obviously, Ty France goes down. No, stop. Let me finish, bro. Come on. No, maybe you gave, me the, you gave me the total shimmy shake though <laughs> with the shoulders. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> No, you know, they're trying to, you know, fill in for Ty France, obviously going on the IL. Uh, Santana is one of those guys. I mean, you kind of look at his – you've seen him play a lot, obviously, but you look at his numbers, you're like, okay. Uh, this year they're, they're pedestrian, if you will, but he's a guy that can get on base still. Uh, he's like a one-to-one strikeout-to-walk guy. I still think there's a little thump left in that bat. Hopefully it gets going here as, as uh, we got hot weather now. I don't mind it. A guy like him, you know, he's been in Kansas City for two years now, not really competing. Like Mariners need a spark and they need to get going to have the brawl. Now they bring him in and maybe he gets a little extra juice from that. I don't know. I, I, I think he's he's a professional hitter. There's no doubt about it. He's not going to replace what Ty France was doing, um, but he's going to give you a quality at bat. 
maybe be a table setter. Maybe he'll drive in some runs. I think that if they're going to go for it, this is not their only move, but they need to make something happen with Ty France going out. And I don't mind it. I'm happy. I'm actually really happy for Santana. I am too. It'll be interesting to see if in a month, if Seattle starts flipping guys though, and just says, Hey, we tried, it's just not going to work. Ah, that would be again. something, man. I hope 21st they don't. straight year. I know. But so you look at Carlos Santana, the macro picture, it, it hasn't been pretty for almost three months. The micro is that in June, it's been way better. 360, a 1.0 OPS. So if they're getting the June Santana, that's great. Another thing to keep in mind, this kind of a cute story. He was a Seattle Mariner for about 10 minutes a few years ago. He was traded with Crawford from Philly to Seattle mm-hmm. and then flipped to Cleveland for Encarnacion, came back and had an all-star year in Cleveland. So he was he was a banger in Cleveland, man. Like, oh, yeah. He's always been a really good, but he's only really played well in a Cleveland uniform. So if I'm a Seattle fan, I'm a little worried. But here's the other thing. They're 12 and a half out in the division. That's forget that story. That's gone. And they're actually closer to Kansas City in the standings, which is 14 out of the wild card than they are to the number three wild card in the Tampa Bay race. That's disheartening. It is. It is. That's that is tough. Oh, can uh, you guys get it right at some point? Jesus. I have them. In, I had them in the playoffs going into the year. I, I said, you know what? Last year they, they learned a lot and they're going to come out this year and that young pitching is going to be there. And they're going to find a way to score some runs. They got Winker, whatever, whatever. And uh, just hasn't happened. Nope. Um, you want to have some fun. Go check out Carlos Santana's stats against Glenn Perkins. If you want to get those up, Dan, before the show ends, uh, that'd be nice. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Can't wait to see it. Finally, Peacock announced it will not have a traditional broadcast team in the booth for an upcoming Royals-Tigers game. Instead, it's announcers led by my buddy Ahmed Farid and also former Tigers outfielder Craig Monroe will be roaming the stadium, giving a fan's perspective on Peacock. Are you interested in tuning in at all? I am. I think that's cool. We need to be trying different things. I like the different um, broadcasts and some of them are going to work. Some of them are not going to work. Craig Monroe and I were teammates for a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. uh, he's fun, you know, so I like to see what they're going to do with it. I mean, it, in theory, it sounds good. We got to see how, how it plays. Um, it's, that's a difficult thing to do. Walk around trying to get engagement with fans, people who aren't used to talking, interviewing them. Sometimes it's not great um tv but we'll see how it goes i'm definitely interested in it i like that we're trying all these different things in fact check out the yes network tonight our guys are doing an alternate broadcast for the yankee game and i will guarantee you this it's gonna be better than k-rod oh my gosh no offense michael k we love you baby but dan rourke just gave me the the uh rock eyebrow on that one (laughs) like why would you even compare those two yeah it's gonna that's gonna be great i am interested in this peacock you know, I'll tune in just to see what it is. Also, uh, the third member of their team, I, I don't want to leave her out, Brittany Yurton, E-U-R-T-O-N. I apologize, I'm butchering your last name. Uh, I wish all three of them the best. It's funny because the first time I saw the headline of this is Tigers-Royals game to have no announcers on Peacock. And I was like, whoa, they're going to go announcerless? I'm old enough to remember, I think it was 1980, NBC Sports carrying a Dolphins-Jets game, I want to say went with no announcers in the booth, nothing. It was just, just natural gameplay? audio. That's all you could hear. And it was a disaster. How was it? Oh, horrible. It was a horrible watch. 
It was yeah, brutal. I could yeah, see go look it up on that. YouTube. It was crazy that they even thought about it. So when everybody's motherfucking announcers, and I've been one of those guys in the booth that people yell at, uh, which is fine. Just remember, you want voices in the booth, even if they're not great ones. You need to have you something. do want voices. Like I said, I'm happy that we're trying all these different things because yes, some of I them are going to hit and it's going to make the experience yep. much better. Um, yep. So I, I will be tuning into this. All right. Uh, what do you have coming up on John Boy? Anything? Uh, we are recording our midweek episode for Talking Baseball. Uh, we're, we're doing our all JM team for June, which is fun. Uh, we go each month and say who, who had the best month. Um, it's one of our favorite episodes to do. So we're doing that. I think Jimmy will be with us now that he's done with the breakdown. Um, we have Talking Baseball, the series recap uh, from yesterday. It was just players only episode with me mm. and Jake. And that one was really fun too. But Talking Baseball is on a roll. Baseball Today is on a roll. What you got, man? Uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Tyler Matzik and Josh Tomlin. Got a lot of news yesterday, obviously, because of the Jock Peterson story. Uh, but there were a ton of great stories. We released a couple more. Matzik hopping off of the float of the parade and being reunited with the officer who nearly arrested him. Uh, so that took an interesting twist. Great one about Dylan Lee, one of the fellow relievers who had to spend the playoffs in the shitter because his teammates... <laughs> He, he got on a roll every time he'd go in there, they'd start scoring runs. So they started throwing him in there. It's a great little story. That's out. And Tyler Matzik tells us about how he rebounded from the yips. Thanks to the help of a Navy seal. It's there's a lot of good stuff in this. So uh, well, Dan, for, do you have the numbers? Bro, I've looked on every website possible. Where do you find career batter versus right. pitcher oh. numbers? If you're on amp, if you're on our amp, you're going to get the numbers in a little bit. I'll get them up for you. Oh my God. All right, um, maybe we'll send them out on a special link today. We gotta, we gotta go teach Dan a few things here how to operate, how to operate Google. It's a nifty little trick. All right, for producer Dan and his uh, C minus effort today. <laughs> I'm kidding. I bet dude. you I can get him up before the show ends. And our summer intern Sam Singer for lending a helping hand as always. That is T Ploop. I'm Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays. <laughs>